Is it on now, Matt? There you go. Well, we praise God that each one of you are here today. I uh, just uh, ask you to be in prayer as we continue with Paul's second missionary journey. And uh, we'll be in, be in Athens today, up on Mars Hill. And uh, I think the message that Paul brought to the people in Athens is very apropos for us today as they were worshiping an unknown God. And a whole lot of folks today without realizing it, are worshiping a lot of unknown gods. Well, we praise God that you're here. If you're a guest, please, uh, in front of you, there's a piece of paper in, the, in that uh, pew. Please fill that out for us. If you would like a, a visitation and, and learn more about our church, you please fill that out. Put it that you'd like to have a visit. And our evangelistic team will be glad to come and share with you. So please fill those out for us. We're glad that each one of our members are here today. Glad to see folks. Glad to have Miss Ginger back over there on the organ. Up and going, and we praise God for that. And uh, for those of you that may not have heard, uh, Brother J. Frank Harrison has had to be taken to the emergency room this morning uh, with AFib. We just ask you to continue to be in prayer for him. Also, uh, Ms. Dorothy Springer was taken to the emergency room also, uh, basically due to dehydration, and she is coming around. So we praise God for those that God will, will minister in those lives and take care of the needs there. This morning, I would ask you to pray especially that God through the power of the Holy Spirit, would be free to move in our midst, would have the freedom to speak to hearts, and those hearts would be open to receive what God the Holy Spirit has to say. Will you join with me as we pray this morning? Lord God, I do praise you and I love you so very much. Now Lord God, this morning, as we share the great ministry of a great evangelist by the name of Paul, that you will speak to lives, you will speak to hearts, you will speak to situations within people's lives, and they'll realize the importance of putting you first. They'll realize the importance of acknowledging you as being God, Creator, Master, Lord, and King of all. So this morning, Father, we just pray for the loosening of God the Holy Spirit, the binding up of the devil in the name of Jesus, that he has no power here this morning. And Lord God, we pray for those that are dealing with illnesses at this moment. Give those doctors and nurses the insight and the wisdom to minister to them. And you just lay a healing touch upon them, Father, as being the great physician. Give peace to those that are family members that are looking after them. Now, Lord God, today we commit this time unto you. 
for you to minister to every heart, every need, in accordance to the leadership of God the Holy Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Brother Harold. Let's all stand, please. Let's take a few seconds and welcome each other this morning. Hadn't done that for a while. Come into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart and give him praise and give him praise. Come into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart, your voice is raised, your voice is raised. Give glory and honor and power unto Come into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart. Give him praise and give him praise. Come into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart. Your voice is raised. Your voice is raised. Give glory and honor and power. Give glory and honor. Give glory and honor and power unto Him. Jesus, name above all names. Amen. May be seated. I sing now about that amazing grace, that grace that. Through that, our chains can be gone and be set free. Amazing. was lost 
But now I'm found Was blind But now I see Was grace that taught my heart to fear My grace, my fears relieve How precious did that grace appear The hour I first Chains are gone, I've been set free. My God as Savior ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. The Lord has promised Wonderful grace of Jesus, greater. 
Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus, greater than the mighty rolling sea. Than the scope of my transgression, greater far than all my sin and shame. Oh, magnify the precious name of Jesus, praise his name. Wonderful grace of Jesus, reaching to all the this third verse please wonderful grace of Jesus reaching the most defiled by its transforming now for this morning's offering. Sing this chorus, I will serve thee. Ushers come forward this time and in the bulletin I believe it says a couple of ladies singing but I made a mistake. Uh, Stephanie's going to sing for us this morning. I will serve thee. I will serve thee because I
you to join with us as we give unto the Lord God his tithes and our love offerings. Brother Brad, would you ask the Lord to bless our tithes and offerings? Amen.
We're going to meet y'all back there at the back. Every morning as Brother Terry comes down out of the choir, he shakes my hand and he says, I'll be praying for you this morning. This morning he says, i got to go to children's church. I said, I'll be praying for you this morning. <laughs> so we definitely want to remember them as they have children's church. We have a tremendous amount of ground to cover this morning, and we're not going to attempt to cover it all verbatim. So I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 17, please. Acts chapter 17. We'll read the last verse of chapter 16, just so we can pick up where Paul is coming from. Chapter 16, verse 40, and it says, So when they were out of prison and entered the house of Lydia, when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and they departed. They left Philippi and headed to Thessalonica. A tremendous time of sharing the gospel. In verse 2 of chapter 17 it says, Then Paul, as, he, as his custom was, went into the, 
them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that Christ, who had suffered and raised again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, whom I preach to you, is Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and a few of the leading women, joined with Paul and Silas. As they preached the word, as Paul's custom was, and, and you know, this is somewhat is amazing to me, because every time Paul went to the synagogues where the Jews worshipped, he got in trouble. Regardless, I mean, he got in trouble every time, yet according to the scriptures, that's the first place he always went, was to the synagogue, if there was one in the town that he was at. Here we find that he went to the synagogue three Sundays in a row, three Sabbaths in a row, and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it says, and there was a multitude. How many is a multitude? Anything over three. Anything over three is a multitude. So it says a great multitude. So that might have been more than three that believed. And it also tells us that there were some of the devout Greeks and some of the leading women that also heard what Paul was preaching and agreed with him and followed Paul and Silas. Now, whenever it says followed, I did a little, I, did, I said, where, where they followed them to? Where in the world did they follow them to? The word of God, according to history, is Paul took them aside and taught them away from the synagogue. He took them aside from what they were used to he took them aside from, from all the different teachings and different ideologies and all the different influences of Judaism. He took them apart, he set them aside, and he taught them that Jesus Christ loved them, died for them, and arose from the grave for them so that they might be saved. Now folks, today in this, this, this very hour, this very moment, right now, if there's anything that I could get across to you, if there's anything that I could sit down with you, eyeball to eyeball, person to person, in a place that was not distraction, no distraction at all, I would share with you that Jesus loved you so much that He gave His life on Calvary's cross. God loved you so much that He resurrected Jesus on the third day. And Jesus loves you so much that this very minute, He's sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for every believer. Folks, this is what Paul was teaching from the very beginning. It hasn't changed. It's the very same thing today. Now we go on and we see that Paul was, and Silas was taking into the house of Jason and, and they went to the, the, uh, the Jews that were upset about it and, and all they went to and gathered some people up and got them all up in arms and, and they went to Jason's house to, to get Paul. Well, Paul wasn't there. 
He was out teaching the word. So they drugged Jason out, took him before the rulers, and said, look, he has taken into his home these that are speaking against what Caesar has asked us to, to speak and to be our king. And then in verse 9, it says of chapter 17, so when they had taken a security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. When they took a bond from Jason's, what it says, it's kind of like when someone's in jail. They want to get out of jail, and the judge says, okay, the bond is going to be X number of dollars. And if you don't have that, you can call a bonds bailman, bail bondsman and say, look, I need to be bonded out, and it's going to cost this much, and they will put up that money for you so that you get out of jail. And they're saying, when they do that, they're saying, I'm going to see that that person will be back in court at the proper time. Here, Jason is saying, I'm putting up this bond, I'm putting up this security, and I'm saying that Paul will not go back into the synagogue. Now, that's a pretty strong statement. But if you notice, it says in the following verses, And the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. Evidently, Paul acknowledged what Jason had done, and he says, I'm not going to put you in harm's way anymore. And so they left. They left from, <clears throat> pardon me, they left from there in teaching the word. They left from Thessalonica and they went to Berea. Now, you have heard, I know, many, many, many tales and stories about the Berean, how they studied the word of God. And it says here, and when Paul got there, that they were very interested. And when the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas by night to bring him, when they arrived, they went into the synagogue. There they are again, <laughs> going into the synagogue of the Jews. There was more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. They wanted to hear the truth of the Scripture. They studied it all the time. How often do you hear you need to get in the Word? How often do you read in Bible study? You need to get in the Word. You need to spend time in the Word. You need to devour the Word. You need to let the Word soak into your heart. Speak to your mind. Let the Word be a part of your life on an everyday basis. You know, we don't need to just open the Bible on Sunday. We don't need just to just open the Bible when we come to Sunday school or, or come to church. We need to spend time in the Word. We need to know what the Word of God says and how it says it. And it says, therefore, many of them believed, and also not just a few of the Greek, but prominent women as, the, as well as men. But when the Jews, here we go again, but when the Jews of Thessalonica heard about it, they came and stirred up trouble. And then immediately the brethren sent Paul away 
by sea, verse 14, sent Paul away by sea, but both Silas and Timothy remained. They stayed there teaching the word. When you stand up for God, I don't care who you are, when you willingly stand up for God and are very bold for God, as Paul was, he's the one that's going to be getting in trouble. Our missionaries overseas, <clears throat> when I was dealing, when I was in, in Brazil quite often, there was a missionary by the name of Lonnie Doyle, 30 odd years in Brazil, up and down the Amazon River. Lonnie Doyle was, he, he was a big man he, in statute. He, he was a very large gentleman. And when he stood up to preach, He's kind of like I am. He was very animated. And Lonnie Doyle's hands were almost twice the size of mine. And when Lonnie Doyle spoke, I mean, it got quiet. And people listened. But without exception, if there was anybody that was upset with what he was preaching or what was going on, they to get him, not any of the other missionaries around. Because he was so powerful, so much in charge of the word. And God used him so mightily. And this is the way it was with Paul. When Paul stood up and preached, when Paul shared the word without exception, it made people unhappy. And or they turned to Jesus. One of the two. And it says, and so immediately in verse 14, they sent Paul away to go by sea, and both Silas and Timothy remained. So those who conducted Paul through the, brought him to Athens, and receiving a command of Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed when they could depart. Paul says, okay, guys. Y'all are going to stay here, but I need you to come on when you can. I, I praise God for those of you that pray for us on a regular basis. That's where the power comes from, folks. It's not because I'm a great preacher. It's not because I'm a great orator. or anything. It's because of the power of God when I stand in this pulpit. I have men that come to my office and pray for me every Sunday morning before I come in here. And I praise God for that. I have those around that, that, that do not come to that office because of whatever you're doing. But you pray for us on a regular basis. And I praise God for that. Every morning before Cherry and I come, Cherry prays for me and I for her as she teaches individually. Folks, it's important that we have that support of those on their knees in prayer. That's where the power comes from. And Paul says, you come to me as quick as you can. As quick as God releases you from there in, in, uh, in Thessalonica, you come on. We, or in Berea, you come on. As quick as you possibly can. And then we find where we needed to get to this morning. We find... Paul arriving in Athens. 
Athens was a very modern city. Athens was a city made up of philosophers. Very educated people. Some years ago, many years ago now, I had the privilege of being in Athens, Greece. I had a group that we had taken to Israel and we came back through Athens. And while in Athens, we went up on Mars Hill. Now I'm, uh, I cannot say that we stood where Paul stood. But I can say we were on Mars Hill beyond a shadow of a doubt. And before we got up there, the, our guide says, now, now, Brother Mac, we always have a preaching time up on Mars Hill. And I would like for you to preach. Now, folks, you talk about somebody that felt very humble standing in a very mighty place where a great man of God had stood and preached at one time by the name of Paul. And the word of God says to us, as Paul looked around where he was, therefore he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews. And he worshiped, and, and the Jews and the Gentiles worshiped. And in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there, he says, listen, I'm going to preach in the synagogue. I'm going to preach in the I'm going to preach in the marketplace. Paul is simply saying this. I'm going to preach anywhere they'll listen. I'm going to share the word of God. Folks, this is the way we need to be today. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. Well, you don't have to be a preacher. You just have to have a testimony. And if you're a born-again believer, you have a testimony. And you have something to share with whoever you're talking with. And it says, and Paul shared the gospel in the synagogue, in the marketplace, anywhere that they would listen. And he found out that those folks were great philosophers and they wanted to hear anything new. In fact, according to history, they would come together for the purpose of hearing something new are sharing something new, and very likely some of the things that they shared were things they made up. It were not actual happenings. Because they all wanted to learn something new. That's what happens when churches, when preachers, when teachers start slipping in to heresy. They want to teach something new. They want to preach something that people's never heard. Because that's what we want to know. We want, we want to know things that, that nobody else knows. Paul says, I'm going to tell you something you don't know. I perceive that you are a very religious group of people. I perceive that you have all these gods made of stone and gold and silver fashioned with men's hands. I perceive 
that you want to spend your time worshiping. But I have noticed there's a God here that doesn't have a name on it. It says, to the unknown God, and by the way, that idol is still in Athens. And you worship this God made by man's hands that you have titled unknown God. How many, how many gods do we in this world today worship that don't have a name? We worship money, we worship titles, we worship positions, we worship all kinds of power. All these things that, that we worship, that, that we place in, in gods in our, in our lives, and they don't have names, we don't know who they are, but we worship, and they're all fashioned, listen, they're everyone fashioned with men's ideas and men's hands. And Paul says, let me tell you, let me tell you about this one over here. This one that doesn't have a name. Standing on Mars Hill, looking at all the philosophers, all the educated people, and he says, let me teach you something you don't know. Folks, today, our world needs to not only know, but acknowledge Jesus Christ as God. Paul says, this God, Jesus Christ, the Christ, was not fashioned by man's hands. It's not put in place in gold and silver. He's God's Son. He's God's Son that came, died, and was resurrected for you. You can put that name on that idol that's not where God is. God lives in your heart. And he goes on and he says, let me tell you what God did. God is the creator of this earth. God is the creator of everything. God took one blood and created all nations. If you go on down and read through that. And then in verse 22, and it says, And Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Men of Athens... I perceive that all that you are very religious. He says, I'm telling you, I know you are. But he says, you're worshiping. You're worshiping a piece of rock. You're worshiping something men made. A lot of religions are man made. A lot of beliefs are man made. Because we wanted something new, something different. And Paul says, Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you, God who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made by men's hands. Folks, God does not dwell in a building. God dwells in believers' hearts. 
God does not dwell in a synagogue. God does not dwell in a chapel. God does not dwell in a temple. God does not dwell in a church as such. God dwells in believers' hearts. And as the Word says, when believers leave, God leaves. If you're not here, this is just a building. Paul says, listen, listen, listen closely. Nor is he who worshiped with men's hands those he need anything, since he has given to all life, breath, and all things. He says, God doesn't need you. God doesn't need you at all. You can say, man, I am so religious and I know that I know that God depends on me. Folks, God does not depend on man for anything. He provides us with life, breath, and everything there is. Just to put it very bluntly, God don't need us at all. Not a bit. The only thing God wants from us is obedience and love of Him. And Paul says in verse 26, And He has made every one blood, every nation, man that dwells on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-pointed time and the boundaries of their dwellings. In other words, God says you're going to be here and you're going to be here and this is the perimeter of your land. So that they should seek the Lord. They should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for Him and find Him though He is not far from each one of us. When we come together to worship on Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday night, Bible studies. When we come together to acknowledge who God is, we should desire to reach out for Him. We should desire to have Him come into our hearts. He says unto the, to those men in Athens, He says, listen, I realize you are religious people, but you're worshiping the wrong thing. You need to worship God Almighty. He is the creator of all things. He is the one that makes us alive. Verse 28, For in Him we live and move, have our entire being, as also some of you own, poor, own poets have said, for we also are His offspring. He says, listen, you're here because of God. Did you choose who was going to be your mother and father? Did you choose what you were going to do in your entire life? She said, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to school. I was going to be an accountant. I was going to be, let me tell you, I went to school. I was going to be a, I was going to be a banker. That's what all my folks were before me. My grandfather, my father, they were all bankers. They were in the banking business. That's what I was going to be. I lasted 
maybe six months, maybe six months in the bank. Now, was there anything wrong with the profession of being in the bank? No, not at all. Not at all. But that wasn't what God warned me to do. So I decided all my life I'd been very, very active. I'd been an athlete, so I was going to get out and make a living. I went to work as an electrician. Did quite well. Came almost natural to me. About six, eight months. And then a year. And then another year. And then all at once, on a Wednesday night, in a little church up Garfield, Arkansas, God spoke to my heart and said, I want you to preach the Word. Paul says here, listen, you are his offspring. You are to follow him. And God says, I want you to preach. And I said, God, if you're crazy enough to call me to preach, I'm going to be crazy enough to do it. That was 48 years ago. And we're still doing it. Why? Because that's what God called us to do. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that thing of divine nature is like gold, silver, or stone, something shaped by art or man's hands. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent because He has appointed the day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom He has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising Him from the dead. Folks, listen. If we're worshiping anything other than Jesus Christ, other than God, we're wrong. We're wrong. He says He has given all authority under the one that He raised from the dead. That He raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And when you've heard of these, of His resurrection of the dead, some mocked Him and others said, we will hear again from you on this matter. So Paul departed from among them. However, some of them joined Him and believed in what Paul was teaching. Listen, folks. Listen closely. I'm not Paul, and we're not on Mars Hill. But we're talking about the same Jesus. We're talking about the same resurrection. We're talking about the same God that created us all. We're talking about the same God that Paul was referring to when he said the one that resurrected Jesus from the dead so that you might be saved. He says He'll overlook your ignorance. But now you've heard the truth. 
and we will stand in judgment. If you are sitting here this morning, you're hearing the truth. The truth of Jesus Christ. The truth that Jesus walked on this earth. That Jesus gave His life for your sins and my sins. And that God resurrected Him on the third day. That's what the Word says. You can't claim ignorance any longer. And when Jesus comes again, He says, He will come in judgment of all. And if you've not accepted, if you've not accepted Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. <laughs> and you stand before Jesus, He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Depart from me. Get away from here. I don't know you. You can say, well, I went to church. I, I heard Mac Mills preach for a bunch of times. And, and I'll, yes, you heard the truth. And you heard about me. But you never accepted me. Today, today and today, this moment, this hour, this second, you can say to God, Lord God, I'm opening my heart to you. You can say to God through the power of the Holy Spirit, come and dwell in my heart. No, I'm not standing on Mars Hill, but the same Jesus that Paul was preaching about is the Jesus I'm preaching about this morning. That same Jesus that could save those folks, those Athens from there and Mars Hill, can save you this morning. That same Jesus is saying to you, come on, acknowledge me, accept me. Well, I don't understand. I don't understand it all. I'm not that smart. I... I don't know that much about the work, folks. It's not how much you know. It's what you believe in faith. Are you willing to say, I trust Jesus as my Lord and Savior in faith. I believe to the best of my ability that Jesus died for me on that cross. I believe to the best of my ability that God resurrected Him on the third day. And today, I want to say, through the power of God the Holy Spirit, I don't want to worship unknown gods. I want to worship Jesus. I want to put Him first in my life. I want to walk with Him. I don't want to worship something made by man's hands. I want to worship the one that God sent to die for me. You see, Chase can say, God sent Jesus to die for him. Freddie could say, God sent Jesus to die for me. Diana could say the same thing. God sent Jesus to die for me. You see, 
God sent Jesus to die for all mankind. He says, listen, all that will call upon my name shall be saved. That's what Paul was preaching. It's not a stone. It's not, a, it's not knowledge. It's not anything except faith in Jesus Christ. Will you acknowledge Him today? It says in many... Many of those philosophers said, we'll hear more. Tell us something more new. But it says a great number of them acknowledge what Paul taught. And they asked Jesus into their heart. Will you ask Jesus into your heart this morning? Will you say, Lord God, I want to be saved today. Lord God, I want to come and be a part of the family of God. And I come believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I don't have all the answers. But I know Jesus died for me. And I ask Him into my heart. Will you do that today? If you don't know Jesus, God is saying, come on. Come on right now. Just as Paul stood on Mars Hill just as I stood on Mars Hill a long time ago and said, Jesus died for you. Will you acknowledge Him today as Lord and Savior? You can do that. It's not hard. Lord God, I ask Jesus into my heart as Lord and Savior. Father, I thank you and I praise your name that you allow us the privilege of serving you. Thank you, Lord God, that we can experience through the Word of God the preachings of Paul as he made his missionary journeys. But Lord God, today, I pray that we can acknowledge what he taught right here in Montanay Baptist Church. And Lord God, will acknowledge that Jesus died for each one of us personally. And all we have to do is acknowledge it in faith and ask Jesus into our heart as Lord and Savior. And He will save us today, instantly. And we give you praise for it. And it's in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with us, Brother Harold? You come on, don't wait, don't tarry. If God needs you to get saved, you come on. If God wants you to join the church, come on. Whatever God wants, prayer altars are open. Come on. Just as I am. Just as I am. God doesn't want to change you. He wants you to come on right now. Just. Yeah.
One more verse. Just one more verse. This is your opportunity. Come on, don't wait. Don't tarry. Come on to Jesus right now. We praise God for each one of you being here. I want to remind you, just so we can uh, fulfill all of our Constitution and bylaws, uh, the last Sunday of this month, we will have on Sunday night our business meeting. So we invite you and encourage you to be here, be a part of that, so you can just be brought up abreast of what's going on. Tonight, we'll be back at 6 o'clock. I invite you to be here, be a part. God will bless as we study the Word and spend time with God. Is there any announcements anywhere that needs to be made? Yes, Harold. Tuesday, GBS. What time? Remember the 50s, 1130 over at Family Life Center. Okay. Ms. Cherry? Sign up. Ladies, this is the last day for you to sign up for our We Are One conference in um, Lowell. If uh, I don't get your money today, you'll have to just do it on your own and hope that you get in. We've got to turn all of ours in. Now then, on Saturday, when we go, uh, Stephanie has agreed to, to drive the bus for us. If you'll be here at 7.30, then she will take us all over there and uh, then bring us back home together. So if, you're gonna, if you want to do that, please let her or me know that you're going on the bus. So we need to have our money and our sign-up today. Thank you. Brother Ben, do you have anything you need to announce this morning, brother? Just want to remind the members that, uh, of my men's committee that we met with this last week. We will be leaving Thursday to go down and uh, do an inspection. So just don't forget that. Okay. Thank you, Ben. Any other word anywhere? Again, we say praise God that you're here. I pray that God has spoken to your heart. God has ministered into your life. And I'm going to ask Brother Steve Munson if he'd dismiss us this morning. Amen.